Hello and welcome to yet another baseball podcast where we'll talk about the game, the players, the teams, and all things around the diamond. I'm your host, Justin Kohler, and let's step into the batter's box because a new episode is about to get underway. Right, so this is the official third episode of yet another baseball podcast. Again, I'm Justin Kohler. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and before we really get ramped up into everything, I kind of want to just give a, a big shout out and a big thanks to everybody who's listening. I've I've definitely appreciated the amazing support so far in making this little podcast. I, I love it. I appreciate it so much. Uh, thank thank you. I can't thank you enough. Um, so, uh, we're just past the trade deadline when this is coming out. Uh, I don't want to talk about any of that. Honestly, it was a bit of an underwhelming trade deadline across the board, so don't need to talk about it more. Um, today is going to mark the first deep dive, uh, into a team and its players so far. Um, it, it just to, to give a little bit more of a focus on specific teams, talk about what's going on, uh, how they're, they're currently looking, how they're going to look in the future and things to come. And so I thought, what better way to start than with my favorite team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, so I'm still, even for fa- people who aren't big fa- big fans of the Toronto Blue Jays, I'm going to try to keep this interesting enough and keep it uh, exciting enough. And of course, there will be a little bit of bias because I am a Jays fan. I'm just going to be totally open and honest with that. But I do have plenty of criticisms for them too. So if you aren't a fan of the Jays, this honestly might be the episode for you too. So right off the bat, Jamie Campbell, uh, one of the the hosts for Sportsnet, uh, the the station that hosts uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, who I've had the distinct pleasure of talking with uh, and interviewing before, mentioned on air the other day that this has been one of the strangest seasons he has seen so far for the Toronto Blue Jays, and it's definitely hard not to agree. The J- the Jays have a decent record. They are in third place in the division. They hold the the third place wild card spot. Uh, but they're eight and twenty-three against American League East teams, and they are the only division in baseball that are all within ten games of each other. So it's it's really tough. We face the AL East a lot, and they're just a bunch of good teams. Um, I think that the Rays have done well so far, but I do think that they will be a big story for possibly one of the biggest boom and bust seasons in MLB history at the rate that they've gone. The Orioles are set for pretty much the next possible decade with how they've built their team and their farm system. The Red Sox are on the rise once again, which was inevitable. And the Yankees are kind of the the underperformers so far and have just continued to be the villain in the division. Um, And the Jays are just weirdly in the middle. Um, when you look at it on a number standpoint, the Jays are on pace for one of their better seasons and that nearly identical to the past three seasons uh, with, I think they at one point had a 60 and 50 record, which has basically been their pace for the past few years. But when I talk about the team, they are so streaky in that they will go from um, having wins, which are very, very close and hard fought wins it's their losses that are so drastic and so big. In some cases, I think they recently played the Orioles and lost 13-3. to It's the losses like that that make it seem like it's a way worse season than it actually is on paper. And I think that just outlines how the rest of the season is going to go. I, I think at the rate the Jays have been going, they will play like they have the past few years where they're going to make the wildcard team 
are going to be one of the wildcard teams and get eliminated early, just at the rate that they've been going. That's my brutally honest opinion. I, I've lost a lot of faith in the Jays over the past maybe month or so. But um, today, that all being said, I wanted to talk about the team as a whole, how they've been doing uh, as a team and as players individually, and what I kind of want them to look like going forward. Um, so let's start off with the best stuff, which has been their pitching. The Blue Jays pitching has been top tier, especially their bullpen and how they've constructed it. Um, you'd think after reason, recent seasons with how their offense has been that them fixing their starting pitching and their bullpen will have fixed the problem. It clearly hasn't. Um, but when you look at Gosman, Barrios, Bassett, Kikuchi, they have all been nearly elite, especially when you look at Gosman and his numbers. Barrios with his ba- bounce back season. Bassett has pretty much been performing as expected for me when we signed him. And Kikuchi as well, a, ba- a bounce back season. Really great year for him. Um, Manoa is starting to get a bit on track after a bit of a rougher start, being dropped down to the minors for, for two games. Ryu is back in the rotation, uh, which is good to see. I think it'll just take a little bit for him to warm up. Um, overall, we're fifth in the majors for ERA with a 383. And that's that's not just the American League. That is all of Major League Baseball. We are top five. We're tied for third in, major, in the major leagues for innings pitched. We're tied for second in total shutouts, which I didn't expect. Pitching is clearly not the problem, uh, and it's really the part where they have excelled the most, uh, where they did the most work in the offseason, during the season, uh, at the trade deadline, clearly, and they just it's just been really good. Defensively as well is not the problem. Um, the Jays lead the majors, all of baseball, by a huge margin of, of 59 uh, defensive runs saves defensive runs saved which is 19 above the next team which i i believe is the brewers um with 40 and we are more than double the next american league east team which is the rays i think at 25 and we have 59 defensive runs saved um which is 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 crazy is bonkers it's been a huge focus and um they they say the best offense is a good defense uh, and our defense has excelled. I would say Varsho, Kiermaier, uh, Chapman have been top tier for uh, defenses. So clearly the main problem is offense. And it's been the most noticeable problem for the team. And the part that I have the biggest contention with is the offense. We are just middle of the pack in so many stats, in in runs, in slugging, OPS, stolen bases, the entire team is just kind of average and, and in some cases subpar. We're just not doing very good. Um, and something on this team is just not clicking. Um, when you actually look at the makeup of the team, you see a, a couple consistencies, especially when it comes to a focus on pull hitting for some reason. Uh, I don't know if Guillermo Martinez, their hitting coach, is is trying to get the team to pull more. It's worked well for people like Danny Jansen. It has really incredibly harmed players like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who excels when he hits uh, usually a center field, center, right center. That's where all of his power is. And for some reason, when you actually look at his numbers and his um, baseball savant page, he's just not hitting there at all for some reason. And everything is getting pulled into left field. And it's hurting the team. 
Uh, but okay, anyways, I'm gonna get into individual players in in just a sec. I've kind of I kind of want to talk about all of the different players offensively as they are right now, uh, going into um, their stats over just the past couple weeks and then comparing season totals uh, as a whole. Uh, and I want to talk about uh, David Schneider, their uh, call up that they're just bringing up. It might date this episode a little bit, but uh, we'll see. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, and I've kind of divided a few of them into players that I have deemed as unlucky, players I've deemed as playing as expected players who are overperforming or gotten a little bit lucky and players who are just underperforming and not doing as well as they should not unlucky just playing bad um so to start off with the players that i think are playing as expected as they should be um i've got three players that i want to talk about right off the bat is and that's a pun, sorry, uh, is Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, I think he has been pretty much play been playing as he should be, if not slightly better than expected, but close enough that I'm still ruling it as expected. Um, over the past two weeks, he's been batting 250 uh, with one home run. Uh, on the season, he's batting 268 with an expected batting average of 272. So realistically, when you look at the numbers too, he's he's right on pace for how he how he's been batting is, is pretty much how he's been expected to play, which is awesome. Uh, when you look at his past couple seasons, he is playing better than expected just comparing to other seasons. But on the year, when you look at his actual at-bats, how he's hitting the ball, uh, when you look at the defenses of other teams, how he's hitting the ball, he's hitting it exactly as well as he should. Um, he has been what I would call the most consistent bat on the Blue Jays. Um, not incredibly powerful, not incredibly high average, but pretty decent at, at everything that he does. And for how good his defense is on top of it, Kiermaier has just been one of my favorite players. And uh, he's honestly... I think he should be higher in the batting order. They usually have him batting ninth, ninth, and I understand why they do it, because he really transitions back into the top of the order really, really well. But I think he could be higher in the order. That's just me. Um, the next person who I would say has been playing as expected, who was off to a slow start but has really been heating it up and now playing kind of back on par with how he should have been, that I don't think anybody is really talking about as much as they should, is Alejandro Kirk. Uh, over the past uh, little while, he's really started heating up. Really slow start uh, right out the gate. Uh, but over the past two weeks, he's been batting 379 with two home runs. And now on the season, he's batting 272 uh, with an expected batting average of 249. So he... For how he's for how he's been playing, he's gotten a little lucky lucky lately. But honestly, I think that makes up for his garbage luck at the start of the season. Really slow start off that All Star year last year, and um, realistically, his approach at the plate is one of my favorites. He is top three percent in the league um, for strikeout percentage, which means he does not strike out all the time. He is a really good contact hitter with a good chunk of power too. Um, Kirk is great. I think, honestly, he has been one person that I've wanted to trade for the past couple of years just because of the amount of value that he holds and the amount of return that the Blue Jays could get on someone like Alejandro Kirk. While he's on the team, while he's not traded, I he's actually been doing really, really well, and I could see him getting bumped up in the order. Uh, and the last person who uh, has been playing as expected for me has been Danny Jansen. Our two catches on the team are are top rate. They're great. Um, Jansen is uh, over the past two weeks has been batting 214 with four home runs. He for me is the definition of a pull hitter. He is the pull hitter for me. Uh, if you go look at his baseball savant page, he, you can clearly see just the amount of home runs just into a dead left field. 
it's very cool to look at. Um, he's batting 223 on the season with an expected batting average of 217. So realistically, his approach at the plate, how he's been hitting his contact, his power is pretty much on pace with how numbers wise he should be. And his power in particular has been, I wouldn't say a surprise over the past little while, but he's really been leaning into it. Uh, I think for a while he was trying to hit to every field for the past few seasons, um, trying to to increase his average. But I think just embracing the power, I think, has really, really helped him a whole ton. And he's kind of playing like uh, a lot of catchers do. A lot of catchers are low average, high power guys. That's just kind of the norm. And I think uh, Jansen's really fit that profile as expected, like I said. Um, so to talk about players who I would say have been unlucky, I believe we've got three. And this is play- people who are underperforming, but I would say almost to a degree of outside their power. Uh, and we have to start right off the bat with uh, George Springer. Poor, poor George Springer. Um, I I just love him as a, as a person. Uh, his his presence on the team is spectacular. Over the past two weeks, he's batted uh, point four four. Uh, he's been batting forty four, which is not great. I think he was what oh four thirty five or thirty four thirty five, which nearly or did tie a Blue Jays record. I think with Danny Jansen. Um, but. On the season, he's batting 245, and his expected batting average is 269, uh, over 15 points higher than his actual batting average. He's just he's just gotten unlucky. Uh, really sharp line drives, good power still in his bat, but is just hitting it straight to fielders. And as someone who's who's done a lot of uh, baseball, softball, I understand that completely. Um, his biggest thing that I would say is in his control that he can fix is his performance on on breaking pitches, especially sliders. Um, his numbers for the year, he's batting 203 on the year versus his his regular average of 245 on breaking pitches in particular. For something about it is getting to Springer. He's able to get to off-speed pitches. He's able to get to fastballs. It's just any that have a good, decent chunk of break he he's struggling with. If there was any recommendation I could give to George Springer, it's it's focus on breaking pitches. That's your your one big downside that's hurting your numbers. Apart from that, he's just gotten pretty unlucky. Um, another unlucky player that is also kind of underperforming. He's kind of on the bridge between my two different categories is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, over the past two weeks, 208 average, two home runs. On the season, he's batting 265 with an expected batting average of 302, which is is bonkers he's in the top three percent for expected batting average which means he has been a bit unlucky on the year so far um he's he's probably been i would say the most aggressive blue jay when it comes to to at bats which i think can sometimes be his downfall i think one of the big things that have been hurting the blue jays is their push for aggressiveness has hurt them uh, where they are just not having good at-bats anymore, and Guerrero is one of the ones that I include in that category. And it sucks because when you look at his numbers and his baseball savant, there's so much red and there's so much good stuff to look at. If you ever get the chance, go to Baseball Savant, look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s uh, page. He is a great ball player and he still has impeccable potential. He's just gotten unlucky and it hasn't had the best approach at the plate. So that's why I kind of have him on the, the bit of unlucky bit of underperforming uh, most of which I think can be fixed, which still gives me a lot of promise and a lot of hope for Guerrero jr. Going forward. Um, and the last unlucky player that I had on my team is Matt Chapman. I think Matt Chapman is 
I would say the pinnacle of what the Jays are this season. His success will define the Blue Jays this season. Um, past two weeks, he's been batting 213 with two home runs. On the season, he's batting 254 with a 241 expected batting average. So just a, a little over what's expected of him, which means I think in that sense, he's gotten a little lucky. But his biggest piece of unluck has been home runs. For, he He has tons of power matt chapman he's in the top two percent for exit velocity and the top one percent in major league baseball for hard hit percentage so when he makes contact with the ball he clubs it but for some reason he just has not been able to get those hard hits on pitches that can be turned around for home runs he's been doing a lot of ones that end up just kind of blooping in he's gotten a ton of doubles um, and it could very easily be turned into home runs he's just gotten a bit unlucky on some of the pitches when he's able to turn it around like that and his when you look at his his batting when you compare it then also to his defense which is top tier i think chapman is the like i said the pinnacle of what the jays are this season his success will define the blue jays success this season for me um next uh if we were talking about uh overperforming players players who are slightly lucky and i think are playing a bit above expectations uh right off the bat in the best way possible is whit merrifield Whit Merrifield has been great for this team so far. Uh, past two weeks, he's batting 346 with three home runs on the season. He's batting 299 with a 255 expected batting average. So I do think I think he's gotten a bit lucky with some of his hits. Um, usually, he does not have a ton of power. He's usually a, a high average, high speed guy. So I think he's gotten a bit lucky on some of his home runs and his hitting this year. I think any other season, he should be underperforming. Er, Performing a bit worse, but still decent enough, I guess. Um, I think Merrifield has just been a lot of fun to watch. I'm very happy to see him succeed. And honestly, the Blue Jays have really needed him to succeed right now. Uh, if he wasn't doing well, especially getting towards the trade deadline, I think our, our trade deadline would have been a very different story, which was already a bit underwhelming, but I think it could have been worse if Whit Merrifield was not doing how he's doing. And I think he just provides a lot of versatility, being able to play outfield, being able to play second in particular opens up a lot of options for this season and next season. I think he has a player option for next year, so he may or may not be with the Jays next year. Um, I am okay in either case, but we'll talk about that in in just a little bit. Um, I, I, overall, I think he's gotten a, a, little, a little lucky, um, overperforming a tad bit. And uh, apart from that, the other one who I think has also been over overperforming above expectations has been Brandon Belt. I think the Blue Jays have gotten exactly what they wanted to of Brandon Belt so far this season for how much they signed him for, how long they signed him for. Um, past two weeks, he's been batting 225 with three home runs on the season. He's batting 246 with a 203 expected batting average. So he has gotten a little bit a little bit lucky. And I think his approach at the plate has defined his slight bit of luck for the year. Um he is the complete opposite from someone like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., where he has uh, his approach at the plate is very, very patient, but almost to a fault in some cases. Um, he is in the bottom 2% for strikeouts, so he strikes out a lot, but he's also in the top 3% for walks. So it kind of goes both ways, and his patience really benefits him, but then it can also harm him when he's not swinging at pitches that he should be swinging at. Um, like I said, he's got plenty of power. He's never been a high average hitter anyway. Um, so I think with how he's been hitting, how he's been performing, usually top half of the lineup, I think the Blue Jays have gotten exactly what they wanted to out of him. Um, and just to move on to underperforming players, I have to, I, I brought up Guerrero already. He's clearly underperforming a little bit. I think that has to do with how he in particular has been being coached. 
um, in terms of hitting so far this season, which uh, Guillermo Martinez, I have thoughts on, but I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> um, so I talked about him a little bit. Uh, apart from that, I want to talk a little bit about their most recent pickup, which is Paul DeYoung who I do not want to talk about a whole lot because I did not like this signing at all. Uh, he is the infield equivalent of Dalton Varsho, but somehow slightly worse. Um, over the past two weeks, he's batted 162 with no home runs. On the season, he's batting 228 with a 232 expected batting average. So he's been hitting as expected, which is just not good. Um, do not look at his baseball savant page. It is bad. There was a lot of blue, a lot of not very good numbers. Defensively, he's top rated, and I think just will further contribute to how good the Jays are defensively. But that's not what they need right now. Um, the Jays have the defense... And they've really focused on building that up. We do not need to build it up more. Um, was very unhappy with the signing. I wanted the Jays to go after Tim Anderson because uh, he at least has a bat. Not as good of defense, but if you plop him in at second, there's plenty of support around him that his defense isn't quite as needed. Paul DeYoung is... He's not my favorite. We could send him to the minors. We could figure something out with him. We only have him for the rest of the year, so I don't want to talk about him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and another one underperforming. I mentioned it, comparing it to Paul DeYoung, but Dalton Varsho. He, I, he was one of the players that I was really rooting for at the start of the season, and I was incredibly ecstatic when we signed him because he is a really good power lefty bat in the lineup. Past two weeks, he's been batting 189 on the season, batting 211, and his expecting batting average is 227. So he is a bit underperforming. And looking at his stats, he still has huge potential for power. He's still in the 81st percentile for, for max exit velo. But for some reason, something's not clicking. Um, he is not able to to barrel up the ball at all right now, which is, is hurting all of his numbers. Um, strikeout numbers are, are pretty bad. Just offensively, he's not doing great. Defensively, top tier, top rated. Love him. Um, I think he could use a minor a trip to the minors a little bit just to work something out, just to figure things out. Um, because honestly, with how the Jays are right now, he should not be in the lineup. Um, there are, of course, other players that I could talk about. Uh, Santiago Espinal, uh, um, Kevin Biggio, um, but I don't want to talk about them right now. Uh, I'll, I'll briefly talk about Bichette. He's injured, but he has just been he's been lights out the, by far uh, the best player on the Blue Jays roster uh, on the season. He was batting 302 with a 321 expected batting average. So still a little under what he's expected to be doing. He is the top 2% for expected batting average. He crushes off speed. Uh, he's batting 415 against off speed pitches. And his, his weakest is against breaking pitches, breaking balls, but still has a 271 batting average against them. All of his numbers are great. He hits absolutely everywhere. He hits tanks to all parts of the field. Um, Bichette has been dominant and I think this is just going to be his norm going forward honestly with how his, his approach is at the plate um, he's always locked in and I he is the player that I need the Jays to sign to a long contract um, he's the one I'm going for he's the one I'm gunning for I think he is the centerpiece of this team now with how he's been doing how he's been performing and his consistency Other little things. I don't want this episode to go too, too incredibly long. Uh, I wanted to talk briefly about what I want the team to do this offseason and then how I would want to construct the lineup. Um, I know we are we just passed the halfway point not too, too long ago, but I do want to talk a bit about the offseason uh, just because there's some things I want to put on the record, you know, just to get out there. Uh, right off the bat, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, I would 
love to trade Alejandro Kirk. Uh, don't hate me, Blue Jays fans. I think he is great, and especially he, lately, he's been doing really, really well, but that is exactly why I think he holds a ton of value. Um, Varsho is a backup catcher who has good defense, and moving ca- moving Varsho to a bench backup catching spot would allow us to sign another out- outfield bat. And I think just opens the door for a lot of potential. Jansen has been consistent. He is a good power bat. I think Jansen has earned and deserves the starting catcher role um, over Alejandro Kirk. And I think Kirk just could hold the most potential value just with especially his his average right now, his power right now going into the offseason. If he's able to maintain even close to these numbers, he holds a ton of value. And I think he'd be a good trade candidate. Um, at this point, realistically, Espinal and Biggio... Do what you can, get what you can for them if you're the Jays. I think the experiment for both of them is is over at this point. Um, Espinal got off to a bit of a tear last year, and I was vying for them to trade him at the deadline while he still had a tad bit of value, and they and they didn't do it. And I I just think both of them have really lost their spots on the team at this point, and the the Blue Jays have passed them by. So realistically, get what you can for him. Um, I this the one in particular might be a slightly hot take. I would let Brandon Belt and Kevin Kiermeyer walk. Um, I love Kevin Kiermeyer in particular. I love his personality. I love his defense. I love his consistency. Um, but he's gonna, with how he's done this year, he's gonna demand a lot of money. And I think we could find other avenues to add more a, a consistent bat into the lineup without paying for what Kiermeyer is probably gonna end up getting this offseason. Uh, and we've gotten exactly what we've gotten what we've wanted out of belt. And I think if anything, we've even gotten a little bit lucky this year with Brandon belt. Um, let him go. I would focus primarily on re-signing Matt Chapman. Uh, I know some people are like, Oh, we've got a Elvis Martinez in the farm system. We have options, but I think he still has, he's shown, he still has the power potential um, with how he played. What was it? April, May. He was uh, one of, if not the best hitter in baseball for a little bit of time. Um, and he's top tier defensively. Uh, our farm system is decent, and Aurelvis Martinez has been doing well enough, but he's been nowhere close to being consistent enough to be major league ready. And I just don't think the Jays have other options right now to get something as good as what they have for Matt Chapman. And I think he still has the power and potential to go forward for multiple years. I think if there's anyone that the Jays should focus on, is it's going to be Matt Chapman. Um and yeah, so that's realistically what I want them to do this offseason. Um, trade Kirk, uh, let Belt and Kiermaier walk and get what you can for Espinal and Biggio and focus on getting Chapman. Those are my main priorities for this offseason coming up. I, I think it would just open the doors for them a whole ton and gives them a lot of options. Um, I did want to talk a little bit before going into what I want for the lineup. Talk about uh, David Schneider, who is getting called up. Um, this poor guy. Uh, what a horrible time to be getting called up. He is going to have so much pressure on the Blue Jays fan base to perform well that I think it could be his downfall or it could make him a, a name player. Um, in AAA, in AAA Buffalo, he's batting 275 so far this year, 21 homers, a 969 OPS, so really good offensive stats. Um, hopefully, once he hits the majors, that he doesn't choke a little bit. Hopefully, he's able to perform up to those expectations because if he even slightly underperforms, I think he's just going to end up being another bench spot because I think Jays fans are going to be a bit let down 
for what they want him to do. But I think he brings up a lot of potential. He has second base eligibility. So I think that would be a, a spectacular place to slot him, especially once Bo comes back, uh, relegate um, Paul DeYoung to a bench spot to just get him out of here. Um, and I think he could offer a lot of potential. I think when they bring him up, they need to give him the best chance to succeed by putting him higher up in the order. So as of right now, with, with Bo Bichette injured, um, I would want the team... To be with how they've been performing lately, too, I would put them in this lineup: Merrifield, Schneider, Guerrero, Kirk, Chapman, Springer, Jansen, DeYoung, or Varsho. Realistically, if you bring Varsho in, uh, put Merrifield to second, Varsho field. So DeYoung and then Kiermaier is how I would put the lineup as of right now. Have uh, Jansen. Or Kirk hitting in the DH spot, uh, because honestly, I think Belt has been a bit underperforming and hasn't brought a ton to the team as of late. And the other two have a lot more potential with how they've been batting. Um, I think uh, putting Schneider early up in the order gives him the most potential to succeed. He's a high average guy who has a bit of power. I think putting him in that spot just for the interim makes sense. Uh, followed then by Guerrero. Kirk, who's been on a tear lately, putting him in the four spot, I think is the best spot for him. And then Chapman, who has just tons of power potential, putting him in the five spot. Springer, don't drop him down too, too much. He's been unlucky. He's got the stuff he can perform. Then Jansen, DeYoung, and then Kiermaier. I think just makes a lot of sense. Realistically, for the full year, once Bichette is back, um, I would love to go Merrifield, Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman, Kirk, Springer, Jansen, and then Schneider, DeYoung, or Varsho, whichever one, and then Kiermaier. Uh, that's, my, that's what I would like the team to look like. Um, if I got my way... I would honestly bump Kiermaier up to the first spot or the second spot, honestly, and bump the whole order down just because then I think it's it, it spreads everything out. It almost makes the lineup a bit scarier when you have someone like Chapman in your five spot, Kirk in your six spot, Springer in your seven spot. It just makes it a tough, a hard lineup for people to look at because then it puts more emphasis on Merrifield and Kiermaier, who have been the most consistent players right up at the top and i think it just makes the blue jays lineup terrifying so that is kind of my full recap for the toronto blue jays uh they've definitely been underperforming they have made me very emotional and unhappy so far this year but they show so much promise and they continue to show tons of potential if they can put it all together um and i i never like saying to fire staff i never like to say fire certain managers blah 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 i do think they need a change at their hitting coach I think especially when Guerrero is one of your best players and you're trying to get him to pull the ball more out of his norm and it's clearly affected his numbers, something needs to happen with the hitting coach. Um, that's the the only time I will ever make a horrible, a bad comment about uh, a, a part of the coaching staff on a team. Um, apart from that, I'm excited to see where the Jays go for the rest of the year. I, I always love watching the Jays through thick and thin. I will watch them. I will be their fan. I will never jump teams. But I do have other other favorites who are up there uh, who I look forward to talking about on future episodes. So thank you so much for watching. If there's anything you had contention with or, you, or there's something that I said that you're like, oh, you know what? I, I agree or... I disagree. Let me know. You can find me on socials at Justin AJ Kohler. That's Justin AJ K-O-E-H-L-E-R. Um, I would love to hear from you and chat from you and get your thoughts. Uh, if there's any teams that you'd like me to cover in the future, let me know. If there's any players you'd like me to dive deeper on, let me know that as well, as, as well as other storylines, um, things going on in the sport. 
let me know. Uh, I'm excited. Hopefully within the next couple weeks, I am looking forward to talk about my most hated team. Uh, I'm excited to talk that, about them a little bit more and why I dislike them, but also some of the good and bad of what they're doing on a future episode. Uh, in any case, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so incredibly much. Um, and that will wrap up the third episode of yet another baseball podcast. Again, I'm Justin Kohler. Stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.